Hey, what's going on, Washington Football Addicts? Welcome back to another episode. Tonight, we are live in the Facebook group. We are live on YouTube. We hope to get, live, some, baby. Y'all, get some of y'all in here and uh, get some get some questions going. Uh, we got a special guest tonight, but before we introduce him, uh, like we always do, we are going to go ahead and dedicate this episode through my man, uh, Phil, and uh, kick it off, Phil. Let's go. All right. Episode 77. We're going to dedicate this to Trey Johnson, Pro Bowl right guard for us through the 90s. He was with the team who was drafted second round of 1994 draft and uh, pretty much after his rookie season was plugged in as a starter and stayed there through uh, the 2000 season. Um, injuries cut short his 2000 season. So he was like, oh, he finished off his career. Or actually, he did a year in Cleveland. Came back to Washington in 02 for a season, um, and only but only started three games. However, in his prime, was a beast of a right guard. Um, Trey Johnson was one of the reasons why you saw Terry Allen and Stephen Davis both set uh, se- single-season rushing records. Uh, he was a big dude, too. He was six. He was 6'2", so he was short, but he was 328 pounds, but one of the fastest linemen in the league. And he could do that uh, guard pull like nobody's business. And that's how you saw a lot of those trap plays and a lot of those counter gaps, counter trades that we used to run under Gibbs. We ran those with North Turner, and we had a lot of success, uh, both with Davis and Terry Allen as our running backs. Um, So shout out to Trey Johnson. I actually wore 77 in high school as an offensive tackle and a defensive tackle because I loved Trey Johnson. And that was, you know, of the available numbers, 77 was there. I grabbed that one because I was like, that's my man. Um, Special consideration goes to Daryl Grant as well. Daryl Grant was defensive tackle for Washington from 1981 to 1990. Um, Most people know him for one play. And that was uh, catching that deflected pass in the 82 NFC Championship game that put us ahead, uh, 27-17. I'm sorry, 24-17 when we uh, beat Dallas in that game. If everybody remembers that play, it was a 10-yard interception return. It's one of the most iconic plays in Washington football history. And that was Daryl Grant that caught that uh, interception off the tip pass. And uh, if you've never seen that play, I don't know what rock you've been living under, but special consideration to Dale Grant as well. He was a 77 as well. And uh, so that's a number that's, that's carried some weight in uh, fairly recent team history, if you want to go back the last 40 years. So 77, Dale Grant and uh, Trey Johnson, my man. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, tonight I'm your host, Steve. Uh my boy Phil, my co-host, and we also like to welcome a special, special member. I know him as Scooter in the DC uh, area. He's got his name up there as Chop Chop. Uh, welcome to the show, my brother. How you doing? Finding you. How you doing, man? Hey, good, man. Hey, thank you for having us. And to, to everyone who, who's who's going to watch this or is watching it now, I know it's we're still people still getting in the room. You know, we brought we brought. Uh, you, you want me to call you Scooter? You want me to call you Chop Chop? Which which one we call tonight? Uh, my band name is Chop Chop. Chop Everybody Chop. Chop, Chop okay. Chop the there we go. We're gonna we're gonna call you Chop Chop tonight. So, uh, uh, I, one I didn't know y'all had band names, so I that's that's what's well, up. 
mine is different because I used to make steak and cheese at every game. And okay. you know, when you get to chopping with the blades, they call yeah. it yeah. One of the drummers called me chop chop and it stuck. Okay. That's cool. That's cool, man. So um I saw you post a couple of things on Facebook a couple of weeks ago about the band. You know, the band's been around since 1937. It's been a historic piece of this team, just like the colors, the name, mm-hmm. everything, everything. So I was like, you know, we had to get you on here to at least talk to us and, and, and give us the, the low down dirty on, on what people are telling you and what you are hearing. Um, but before we do that, let's get to know you a little bit. So what is, what is your fan story? You know, like all of us, we have our own stories of how we became fans of this team in, in, in DC, but how did, how did you personally um, become a fan of this team? Okay. Well, I've been a fan of the team since I was younger. And one day it was close to my birthday in October of, 87, I believe. Um, my father, I asked my father, said I want to go to the Redskins game. And my father's handicapped, so he couldn't take me, so he gave me the money. Because I called to the box office and said, oh, yeah, we have tickets, which was a lot. I didn't have any tickets. So my father gave me some money. I went down to the stadium, couldn't find a ticket, right? So here I am, walking around the stadium, trying to get in, trying to get in. And this is the Redskins versus the Cowboys game mm. um, with Daryl Green had to come in and play mop-up because they were beating Dallas so bad. I think the final score was 42-17. But anyway, I'm trying to get in RK Stadium. I'm asking the people, like, you $50, would you let me in? They say, no, no, no. So finally, two Dallas fans left because they thought I was getting pummeled. And they gave me a ticket, but I still couldn't get in. So in third quarter, the people that was guarding the gates, they were gone. So I snuck in the stadium. And I ran as fast as I could, and I went into the landing. And the first thing I saw was Daryl Green. I mean, I'm sorry, not Daryl Green. was um Doug Williams doing the touchdown pass to who I thought was Art Monk, but it wasn't Art Monk. It was I think it was Muhammad. Um, used to play with the Redskins back. In the- sorry about that. I um, used to play with the Redskins back in the day. Calvin Muhammad. Um, yeah. And at that point, the place went wild as a touchdown. You hear the band. And then the crowd went wild singing hell to the Redskins. So that Monday, I played violin at the time. I went back to school, and my teacher said, let's get your violin out. I said, I don't want to play violin anymore. She said, why? I said, because you can't play violin in the Redskins marching band. And so she went and got me a baritone. And I said, what's that? She said, well, this will let you play in the Redskins marching band. I said, okay. So that's how I started my Redskins journey. It was back in um, 86, 87 at that game. And I've been a, I've always been a Redskins fan now. That's what's up. That's a great story, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that yeah, that kind of segues to our next next question with you. Um, so you you told us how you started picking up an instrument at a young age, started playing. But how did you actually actually get into the band? Was it audition? Did you did you know somebody? Like what what was the process to become a band member? Okay, the correct pro- process is to audition. Um, Every Wednesday nights at eight o'clock, well, not anymore, but every th- Wednesday nights at eight o'clock, um, that's when the band meets up. Um, we p- rehearse for two hours. Um, you're supposed to sit in for a couple of practices and then you officially audition. Well, I knew the band director because I was his auxiliary coordinator when he was at Northwestern High School in Hyattsville, Maryland. And I worked under him for like two years until he left to be a uh, principal. And one day, uh, as a birthday present, a friend of mine took me to a game and I ran into Mr. Summers and I said, do you have any open spots? 
He said, yeah, we have baritone. I said, okay. But the problem is I hadn't played baritone since eighth grade. Throughout my high school and college years, I played tuba. And so I had to go find a tuba real quick. I, mean, I had to go find a baritone real quick um, and relearn how to play the baritone because I hadn't played it. And at that point, it probably would have been 15, 20 years. Wow. And I came to practice that Wednesday. Um, I was suited up for that Sunday's game on the field. And the rest is history. So, how, so how, long, how long How long? have you been a member of the uh, the team band? Um, I've been an official member for the last 21 years. I took one year off and then COVID hit and then this year. So I've been on, I, I still have my first ID badge um, from 2000, when I get 2000 when I first joined the band. Okay. Damn. that <laughs> That's amazing. And then, yeah. so y'all, y'all rehearsed once a week, every Wednesday, or, or rehearsed once a week practice. And that's where the auditions were. Yes. That's where the auditions were. Yes. Wow. So as a band member, do you have any, I guess, good stories you can tell us? What are your, some of your favorite stories as a band member? Something cool that, you know, if you weren't a band member that you probably would never, never well, know. Being a band member, um, we walk in and out of the same tunnel as the um, actual um, Redskins players. So some, you never know who you walk into the stadium with. You can walk in there with, Sean Taylor, Daryl Green, um, Doug Williams. You never know who you're going to walk into the stadium with. And sometimes, you know, they'll dap you up. And there was a period in time before um, the NFL put on stricter security precautions that we could bring our family into our locker room and they will meet players. Yeah. Like my children met Sean Taylor um, not too long before he died. Mm -hmm. And my son oh, wow. was like, I, he was like, before the game, before we got there, he was like, I want to meet Sean Taylor. I want to meet Sean Taylor. We meet Sean Taylor, and he's quiet. He doesn't know what to say. And Sean Taylor, uh, yeah, um, that's one of the great things about being the Redskins band is you walk in and out of the same tunnel as the players, you don't know who you're going to meet. And most of the time, you don't say anything. Most of the time, they'll um, initiate contact with you because, you know, in the marching band, we consider ourselves professional. And right. It's not professional, like, ooh, Stephen Davis, let me get your your, your <laughs> autograph. No, nah, we don't really do that. <laughs> you want to. You want to, but you really don't. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's got that, that's just that's amazing. I almost it almost uh did, did you ever feel like did you ever get that feeling that uh you see these players, you, you know, these these celebrities, these superstars, and I mean did it ever get old for you? doing it um, or did no, you always have that sense of that's that guy that's Daryl Green that's Steven Davis no it it never gets old because I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you one of the coolest players to walk out of this tunnel with was um was Moss and Portis mm. um I've it's been several times I've walking out of the stadium with um with with, with Moss and he was like what's that man and he dapped me up I was like nothing and coolest thing ever they Hannah. you know you see them on tv and everybody like oh superstar but they just regular people they just regular people um even after a loss they will still be the same way wow that's see, that's an experience nobody can have yeah that's um that's one of the um the good things about being the redskins band is that um 
you get to experience things nobody would like. Um, met Wale, he came in our dressing room. We have our own dressing room, which is right across, the, which is right across from the visiting team's dressing room. Okay. The Redskins marching band, the men's um, locker room is right across from the visiting team locker room. So you'll see everybody. You'll see Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, um, Tom Brady, and um, what's the DC kid play quarterback? Um, uh, play for Pittsburgh and Jaguars. It's on my tip of my tongue. Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Actually, one of the. Um, one of the people in the Redskins marching band taught him in high school. I mean, taught him. Yeah. And every That's time crazy. he used to come to, every time he used to come to the stadium, he used to look look for him just to um, say hi and say thank you to him. Yeah. I mean, that's what's up. He went to Marshall, good, I think. Right? Didn't he go to Marshall? Yeah, he went to Marshall. Yeah, he went to Marshall. Marshall. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Same place as uh, Randy Moss go to Marshall too. Randy Moss, Chad yeah. Pennington. Yeah, a few people come out of Marshall. Yeah, that's right. It didn't show it in the comments, but Justin Sawyer on Facebook appreciated. He was the one that said to you. That's why I throw up to you when you said Tana. You said Tana and uh, and uh, Taylor and Clinton. So it, th those are the bad boys of that of that that college time frame, and they they all made their team way to Washington. It's just cool that you could be a part of that. And uh, yeah. we had our our, our third co-host Dev finally join it up, join it up, and, uh, and Dev, we're joined by uh, Chop Chop, a boy of mine from the DC uh, DC area at. Uh, member of the the team band so 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 where are you at right like right now right now so where do you you know you don't got to where you live at but you live in dc you live on the uh southeast side where you live at who me yeah yeah oh and i live in clinton um okay yeah, you're in clinton. Clinton. okay yeah. yeah i'm in silver spring uh phil's down in uh, southern virginia and devs all the way out in you know kentucky, bumfuck, kentucky. but we're all oh, fans okay. of the team kentucky in the house. Okay. <laughs> if rod was you're, here you're <laughs> you're muted dev so so when did y'all rally before games like how how when, when did they make y'all did y'all meet up in the parking lot did y'all like when did y'all have to be there how soon before game did y'all have to get together okay interesting you should say that okay game day for us in the marching band starts at six o'clock in the morning Oof. um huh. you have to that's because um if you're very serious about it you have to load your car up get everything ready um normally before they took our parking away from us we used to be in the orange parking lot right adjacent to the the um the tunnels. And so we used to gather there before and after games, and we would be in the parking lot two hours before the um three or four hours before the game, because we have to be in at um game starts at, at eleven. I mean at one, we gotta be in at eleven. We have to be in the locker room at eleven. So that means we were there at nine o'clock in the morning in the parking lot, tailgating, um, talking crap, eating, drinking, you know, having fun. And at one point, we had the the largest tailgate in the in FedEx. Um, uh -huh. The band was allotted. I want to say eighty parking spots at one time. Uh -huh. And then we just had row after row after row. And anybody who knew anybody in the band can go from car to car to car, eating whatever they wanted from anybody, and didn't have to worry about or pay for anything. That was until they took our parking. Once they took our parking. They limit us to, I think it was 15 um, parking spots, and that greatly affected our tailgate. So, so when did they take your parking? What year was that? I want to equate um, the, who was in the leadership of the team at the time. I want to say around 2012, 2011, 2012 was when they took our parking. When did and they made us walk from the parking lot? Yeah, Bruce Allen. That's all oh, I was we're trying gonna, to We're going to tell Julie about that it, shit. 
<laughs> and they made us. We had to walk from the um from the the gray lot down at the bottom of the hill all the yep. way up. And you're talking about getting up early in the morning to get there on time. You have to walk up. They give you the employee shuttle, but the employee shuttle is always full. Yeah. So you walk all the way up to the stadium, get ready, do the marching around. With your are your instruments are your instruments already there, or you got to carry your instruments? Um, the only instruments that are there are the percussion and the sousaphones. Okay. Those are the only instruments that are owned by the Washington Redskins. What did, Everyone what did, else what provides did, their own instrument. What did you play? I'm I, I probably missed that, obviously. But I played baritone for my first um, four years. In the last 16 years, I was on the back row in the sousaphone line. We call ourselves the back row. What's that okay. like? Like, what's it like trying to be a part of that team? The reason I ask, I have a, <laughs> I've let these guys know I have a, uh, my my girlfriend has a six foot tall, three hundred forty three year old, twelve year old son. Mm-hmm. He plays zero football, man. It's it's irritating, but he loves band. He plays a, uh, he's been picking up the drums, but he plays some big saxophone. I don't know what it's called, man. I think it's a tuba or something like that. I don't know. He plays something big. Okay, but, tubas are but, big. A big shout out to Protect Sports on YouTube. What's good, bro? Thanks for joining us on the I'm trying to stream. Get, I'm trying to get him. If he's going to not play football and be in a band, I want to see him be in the band. You know what I'm saying? Do it for real. You know you, it's a lot of money in bands. I'm going to tell you, right. um, I got my musical prowess from my mother. My mother instilled in me at a very young age, you're going to play instrument. I mean, bands will make, bands will make a dance, school. though. You know the song? Huh? You know bands will make a dance. You know the song? No. Hey, <laughs> well, I put that into my children, and I have um, a daughter who just auditioned for Bowie State, and I have Ooh. another one that goes to Morgan State. And of my six kids, five of them played instruments. That's dope. Um, so it's it was in it from an early age, and it's a lot of money. Um, you may not be able to make get a um a million dollar contract, but right. if you pick up that horn and you learn it, and you can audition on it. There's colleges out here that will give you a full ride. And over your lifetime, that's like getting a big-time contract. Because you get a college degree, and you can go get you a job doing it anywhere. Big corporations make Mm -hmm. a lot of money all because of an instrument. So if he's playing it, keep him on it, especially if it's a sousaphone. I'm trying to get him in football, man, but it's it's a lost cause. It's a lost cause. I'm going to tell you right now, whether it be band, football, soccer, basketball, Mm -hmm. if it's not in their heart, they're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. So if he's, in the, went, if, if he's into that music, let him stand to the music. I went to FAMU for a semester till I got kicked out, and the band is real big there, man. Yeah, the the hundred. Yeah. Yeah. FAMU. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We have it's a lot. Of, actually, I think it's like probably 12, 13 members from FAMU in the Redskins marching band. Really. And 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 yeah. the 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 band was it was full volunteer, right? No. No. Yeah, we didn't no get paid. Monitor. Okay. Yeah, no we pay. didn't get paid. We got two tickets to every game. Um. And depending on the season, those tickets weren't worth the paper they were written on. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, we got we <laughs> did not get paid. Um, but one of the things that came out in the letter that if they was to bring the band back, which they seriously doubt, that it will go to a paid format, just like okay. the Chili. The Chili just got paid. We didn't get paid. I'm trying to get. I got a daughter that's uh, going to Arizona University. Surely she'll be a freshman. She got a full ride. I'm trying to get her to try out for Washington when she gets out of that stuff, man. But well, I don't know, but because they changed the format of the chili of the um, the, well, they're dancers now. They didn't. They're yeah, not she, even a chili she's, on the, she's on the Arizona chili and dance team. They run. They're all inclusive there, so she's on both. Okay, but, so there you go. 
Man, yeah, I'm trying to get her to do it, man. But I think she's 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 teetering six foot. You know what I'm saying? So so I wonder if she's gonna be too tall to be a professional cheerleader. You know. Um, I don't believe in my whole time in the Redskins organization that I saw a cheerleader that tall. Right. I mean, right. it could I be me, she, but, you know, she switched from generally cheering. on the short side. When she got real tall around her sophomore year of high school, she kind of switched mm-hmm. from cheerleading to dancing more. But she takes – she dances kind of uh, – she takes the professional type. She does, like, ballet and all kinds of other stuff. You know what I'm saying? But she's still okay. getting a little too tall for that. But – I'm I, I'm not giving up hope that uh, my soon to be probably stepson will, will will play some football, man. But because he's like a, he's way too big to be not playing. I'm like, man, this is. Hey, it's a lot crazy. of big tuba players out there, man. Go down. He get he. You say you live in Kentucky. Yeah. He uh, go down in the SWAT country with Alabama State, Alabama A and M, Jackson State, um, Grambling. Yeah. Yeah, man. They here though. They just people. they just like. They just single foul, you know. It's like corny, you know. It ain't even. Well, it don't matter. They'll teach him. It, it don't matter. As long as he knows the music, everything else can be taught. Nice. I'm gonna tell him look y'all up, man. So let, let's let me ask you this: How? It seems like they dropped the band. They dropped the band out of nowhere. The the organization. Yeah. And I mean, so did you have any 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 inclination? Is this maybe happening? Were there hints dropped along the way? Or was this just one day they dropped the letter on you? Boom, done. Okay, so what happened was in April we received a letter um, from our band manager, from our band leadership. Uh, Mr. Summers is the band director. Mr. Edward Green is the associate band director. Mr. Carden- Mr. Um, Tony Cardenas is the band manager. That's our leadership here. Um, we receive the email from that we receive every year. And this one said that um, basically there's new leadership in charge of Larry Michael's job. And for right now, he doesn't know which direction they're taking the band. Um, we're on hold. We're on standby. Um, there was discussions about the new uniforms. Um, one of our members um, even um, submitted um, new verbiage for Hell to the Redskins that could be adopted to any of the new names that have been circulated. Really? Was that nice? I don't know because we didn't see it. Um, it was only internal. We didn't see it. We didn't get we didn't get that far. And then I don't know if it was two or three weeks ago, but I, um, probably about a week ago, we got a letter, which I cannot find in my email. They probably called it because I do not delete emails and it's not in my email folder. Um, stating that um, basically, okay, the band has three gigs that we do every year, regardless, no matter what. That's Fourth of July Parade in Fairfax, Virginia. That is the Halloween Parade in Fairfax, Virginia. And that is the Christmas Parade in Manassas, Virginia. Those are the three things we do every year without cause. That's, you know, what's on the calendar, it's coming. They may add in the Apple Blossom Parade in Winchester and another function here and there. Oh, and the Welcome Home Dinner. Those are the three things that we do every year. Um, we haven't received our calendar. And then last week we got a letter stating that um, that the new director of guest experience, who is a guy from, he comes from Carnival Cruises. Um, he has, he's not local. He spent 13 years at Carnival Cruises as the guest director. 
oh, Thunder Boomer. Um, and basically, he's shelving the band. He's keeping the percussion for now. And I guess depending on if people miss the band or not, then they're going to shelve the band entirely. Um, so you're talking about uh, Joey, Joey, uh, I, whatever his name is. Yeah, I, 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 I met with I actually met with him because uh, I got named as one of those fan ambassadors uh-huh. for the fan ambassador network. And that's who I actually had to do interview with was Joey, uh-huh. He's the director of, of guest experience or vice president of guest experience. Yeah. So, yeah. OK, just so some of these names get out there. So if anybody has been paying attention, now we know who's who and who's who's calling right. what shots. Right. So they basically um, shelved the band for this year. They don't know if it's going to come back. Um, they're going to keep the, the percussion. And what I have a problem is um, this isn't just a band. And you're talking about game day experience. Um, the Redskins marching band, we do a lot of stuff at real at the last minute for the organization. They can call us on Tuesday morning and say, look, we need 20 people down Redskins Park at 7 p.m. to play Hail to the Redskins. And what will happen? They'll put out an email, and by 7 o'clock, you'll have 25, 30 band members down Redskins Park to play right. Hail to the Redskins for five minutes, and then they'll say, okay, go home. And we didn't have a problem with it because that's what we do. We love to yep. play our instruments. We love our organization. That's, that's what we right. do. That's right. Um, but this, if this goes on the way it is, we won't even get a goodbye party. Um, there are members, including myself, who have done their 20 years and would not have received their 20-year ring. Um, we wouldn't receive closure as an organization. It's just, bye, all right, get the help. See you later. Right. And that's the part I think many of my bandmates have an issue with is because over the last, um, I've been in 20 years, but there's some people who have been in the band 47, 50 years. My line chief, um, he's been in the band since almost since its inception. He's that um, Don Bartlett is that old. So, um, and you're telling people like that that no pomp of circumstance see you. And that's what we had a problem with. And I also have an issue with the fact that um, if you are the vice president of guest experience, one of the best things about being going to a Redskins game is seeing a marching band walk march around the stadium um, before the game starts. And right. the second thing is actually hearing hell to the Redskins being played after a touchdown. Man, I 19, haven't been, 1937. I haven't yeah. been 1937. I haven't been to a Redskins game since I I've been to in uh, when it was RFK. I went as a kid. Uh, my uncle, like as far as a home game, my uncle took me. He was in the military there. And that's the one thing. I don't remember who won the game, who we were playing. I remember, like, seeing Art Monk running through a tunnel. But the number one thing I remember was the band. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's that, that made an impact on me. I'm 43 years old, man. You know, that made an impact on me. And that's why I asked you because, hell, yeah, you got your shirt that says Big Boy on it, Big Man on it, and you're a big guy playing in the uh, – you know, in a band, that's why I was like, my son's a big dude. I'm like, man, that's something to look up to, man. I yeah. want him to have those kind of opportunities when he when he gets old enough to play in the band. That's a that's a that's a big thing, man. That yeah. that really sucks, man. We I've been asking about the band ever since, like ever since last year. Like, man, what are they gonna do with the band? What are they gonna play? That's terrible, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, shout well, out to uh, shout out to Justin Sawyer. That's his comment I got posted up there. It's not. 
it's not posted, but uh, who's in charge? Of, is that Julie or is that a what's his face? Oh, uh, it's a uh, his name. Okay, Joey Colby. Joey Colby. Uh, Joey Colby Begovich. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's the guy. That's he actually was one of the interviews for the uh the whole uh fan ambassador network as Man, well. We need to we need to bring we need to start a bring back the band uh, Well, I'll out. tell you I'll tell you what. This 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 is where I can help out. Your boy here is not just a fan ambassador, but my specific area is in the uh culture and the history. There you and go. One of the things that they talked, we talked about, myself and Joey specifically, was that I, my what I would like to bring to the table is the idea of care, taking the history, going, you know, taking the past, applying it to the present, so we can go to the future. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that needs to carry on, so we can have that tie to this franchise as we pivot to a new generation. And the band is one of those things because it's something that makes us unique. Right. Mm -hmm. It is something that makes this franchise unique. It makes the game day experience unique. So I am going to certainly that when I heard this, that was one of the things that went right to the top of my list is we got to bring the band back. So when I get to have my sit down with them later this month, that's something I'm definitely going to bring up. Right. So yeah. it, it sounds like we need to get some more details, and uh, so Phil can take it to the team. Because chop chop, what do you know? This they're meeting with all these ambassadors through different lenses, culture, social media, all these things. So their voice is kind of heard, which is the first time in forever. So uh, it probably would be good to get your your feedback. And and Justin Sawyer commented once again: Are we the only team with a band? The answer is no. There's one We're- other team in the NFL with a marching band. Bill, it sounds like you know it. I know it. Do y'all, Raiders, do y'all know? I don't know. Is it the Raiders? I'm guessing. I have no idea. No. <laughs> not the Raiders. You know it? I can't oh, remember Saints, who it is. I know, I know there was it's two gotta teams. Be the Saints. It's, it's got to be the Saints, right? No, it's not the Saints. Oh, yeah. When the Saints go marching in. It's the, the end, Chiefs, it? right? No, it's not the Chiefs. No. I don't know the Chop, chop. What you got? It's the Ravens. It's the Ravens. It's the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, okay. Oh so no, we have goes, to have a band then. It makes it makes sense. Home of go-go music, band. It makes sense. Yeah. However, no, 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 is the home of go go music. Baltimore is the home of nothing. House music. Yeah. Baltimore played a lot in house music, but you know, the DMV is all with that too. The DMV is all together on stings, though, man. I mean, no, no, we're not. The DMV is the Beltway. That's it. I'm telling you. The DMV stops somewhere around Arundel Mills. Yes. Yes. Going north. It's somewhere around Tumble Mills going south. Yeah, Woodbridge. There you you go. Map parameter, you're not from the DMV. No. Let me tell you something. If you're going up I-95, once you pass Laurel, you are no longer in the DMV. You are in Baltimore territory. Yeah. So, so Rodney knew the answer. He's our other co-host and the founder of the Washington Football Addicts. Couldn't join us tonight. He's on vacation. Uh, shout out to Rod. He he knew it was the Ravens. But so, Chop, I, I got another question for you. So I used to be a season ticket holder. So I had him in our family. I didn't actually actively use him until about 2010 when I moved back to the area from New York because I was in the military. But why does the band only – like when, after they score, the band played the, the – um, 
field goals. And I think the the loudspeakers or whatever played the touchdowns. Am I wrong or that's how they had it set up? No. Um, back in probably about 2012, yep. um, it was somebody's decision to have canned music at the touchdown. Okay. And okay. so the band was like, we're going to play anyway. And y'all did. Y'all y'all yeah, were right did. above me. I was in yeah. 214 and y'all were right above me. Right. So we started syncing when we started um syncing when they were starting, we started at the same time. Okay. And I think that was another Bruce Allen decision. Um I don't know why they did that. I don't know if it was for commercialism or what, but it was no reason to have the pre-recorded music. Oh, and the bad thing is. We recorded the damn music. Yeah, right. So they just we played sat, your recorded music right. on the loudspeaker. We, we sat in FedEx one day past 10.30 at night um, playing it so we hey, get it need, absolutely right. Y'all need to get D-Stro Kid or something, man. <laughs> they, had to, they had the recording <laughs> studio in there, all the microphones, everything had to be extra quiet, and they recorded us playing Hell to the Redskins only to to have it played throughout loud system, which I think was totally dumb. It's disrespectful. Was it? Was it? Was it when they? Was it around the time that they put in those screens on either end of the field? Was it something where that way they could make sure like the words on the screen synced up with the music in case I the band played a half beat too slow or half beat too fast for whatever reason? I think that's what it is. But what happened is, um, I think that's what it was. But what happened is the tape that they used started getting old. Or whatever they use started getting old. And if you really listen, when they play Hell to the Redskins, it lags. And it's not because of yeah. the band, it's because of whatever system it, whatever the device they're using to play it. I think it's they a tape. Didn't, didn't even well, and they recorded it in 2012. It didn't even digitally master the tape that they used. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I'm going to say around 2012 is when they, whatever they put on the screen. Insane to see, but that's the that's the Bruce Allen era. We cheap out on everything, you know. That, yeah. and, 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 mean, and you see, that's why the band needs to come they, back. Say what you want to say about Allen. We're only continuing to work yeah, that Bruce Allen was trying to do. Want, say what you want to say about Allen. He didn't. He didn't stop the band from playing. He, he well, reduced their role. We talked about that uh, before you came it, on, Deb. Oh, okay. He took away. He took away a bunch of their parking spaces. Everything. Yeah, parking was gone. Um, Okay, Larry Michael was in charge of the band, and he, he okay, it went from Eric Summers and Tony Cardenas, who reported to Larry Michael, mm -hmm. who reported to um, Bruce Allen. Right. Straight to the top. That's where it went. That was the hierarchy we had to follow. Um, I'm going to tell you, the only thing I see good about this, um, the current way that the, the, the Redskins is going, is that you can tell that Daniel Snyder is not in charge because yeah. Daniel Snyder loves the band. He absolutely loves the band. It's one of his favorite things about the team is the band. And that let me know that he's no longer running the show. Even before they got in trouble with the um, with the Chili the Squad and all that stuff that was going on. We're going to talk about that here shortly. <laughs> well, hey, but even before then, that's when you knew that he was no longer running day-to-day -day operations around the the Redskins. 
Yes. And Justin Sawyer once again commented, it's all Bruce Allen's fault. That's what we're trying to say. That's what I was trying to get Chop Chop to say without actually saying it. We were trying to correlate these actions that happened with timelines and when certain people were in charge. And it sounds like all these actions that were made that kind of slowly took you guys one step backwards, backwards, backwards. Bruce was running the show. And that's that's all we've been saying from day one is – Bruce, I mean, we're glad he's gone, but he, man, he he did he did damage, not just with you guys, but with players. But with, think of it this, I think of it this way: by getting rid of the band, you're only finishing what Bruce Allen was already pushing out yeah. the door. Yes, we need yeah. to reverse anything like that that Bruce Allen did. We need to reverse course from reversing right. course means we put that band back front and center. And well, and I know you have this is the Bruce Allen is doing though. This is the new guys doing right. And, well, and, and it's just continuing what he had started is what I'm your saying. uniforms. You have the logo. We we get it, but why not? I mean, so your uniforms. Did the team pay for the uniforms? Like how how yeah. do y'all get uniforms? No, the, the uniforms are paid for by the by the team. Yeah, so I don't know why they can't just give you plain Jane burgundy and gold uniforms with the W on the side. Call well, a day. Like I don't know that's what the what deal we suggested. Is. That's what was suggested. Um, yeah. Because we know that um, to get uniforms for a 150-piece marching band is somewhere between between dollars and $200,000, depending on how elaborate they are. Right. And um, we understand that. It's not a cheap thing. But I think what they're trying to – and I'm trying to get out – my car's about to flood over there where I was. Yeah. Um, I'm in D.C. around 3rd and R and floods around there. But um, – we know it's expensive. That's why we volunteered. The band management volunteered. We could wear. Um, I don't know if you ever seen the band in the summertime. We do not wear full uniforms. We wear polo shirts, black pants, and black shoes. We volunteered to do that. Um, it still was a no go. Now I don't know if it's a cost thing, um, as far as the uniforms, or if um, the logo, um, what the team would be eventually called. But I, I didn't see a problem with um, us wearing the W's on the on a polo shirt. I didn't see a problem with that. And we we wanted to do that, but still, it was shot down. Right. No, that's – yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying that we have power, but we, we are in a, in a network of other content creators, podcast channels, where, where many people are chosen as fan ambassadors. So this is definitely a huge deal, you know, and I, and I believe we're the first ones to break out this information about the band going the way they're going. So you best believe that the message is going to get out. I will assure you, I promise you, oh, the, and message, the message is going to get out. You no doubt, 100%. Um, or, I just want to give you my word. To be official, I'm officially retired from the Redskins marching band. Um, okay. This was going to be, well, last year was going to be my 20th year in the band, and that's when I was going to quit. Um, but I'm officially retired, so nobody can't do anything to me. They can't say, why'd you say this? Why'd you say that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm retired. Um, only thing I really care about is my ring, but hey. Yeah. But, um, we, there are, in the Redskins marching band, there's 150 members. 98% of them have went to college and played on the college level. There are probably about 50 or 60 band directors in the marching band. Probably another 20 that were band directors at one point. And 
I don't know if they're gonna go away with, with the fight song, but whatever name nickname they're gonna use, you can still use the current um song with the nickname. Yeah. Right, you can figure and, it out. Yeah. I just you know, but 1937, even if you don't want to play, uh-huh. if you want to wait wait till you get a team name to get a new song, fine. The band still plays in between, like the band's the band. They can play whatever. They they can keep us going in between commercial breaks. They can keep us going on, like, you know, at halftime. Like, the band can do more than just play the team fight song. You know what I'm saying? There's so much more the band can do. Well, that's what that's I love started, about being there. Well, that started with them trying to make more money with everything that they did. Yeah, they were they were um that started with them um okay I don't know if you noticed at the end of the game but the Redskins we couldn't play our and even if we won the game we couldn't play until after they did the advertising spiel and then before we came on we never had a sponsor then all of a sudden the band is is sponsored by Nathan's Hot Dogs oh. <laughs> I mean we never had that before we never had that. So y'all just found out. Y'all just found out through a commercial, huh? Right, and then they'll say um, they have a script for every game. They say, okay, this is gonna happen. This this is gonna happen at two twenty two. This is gonna happen at three thirty three and four fifteen. They had a script, and so they'll say, okay, the band's gonna play at one fourteen. We get ready to play, and um, the announcers reading this long advertising from AT and T, and we ready to play. And they say, oh, never mind. The advertising took too long. So that's why you've seen a big drop in the band playing because when we were supposed to play, they decided to sell that, that space for advertising. That's and so that's why over the years, it may look like we were insignificant. That's because they changed the way things were. They were trying to make money on every single thing. And I don't know if that's a Dan Snyder thing. Snyder right. thing. I don't know if that was a Bruce Allen thing, but everything became about, oh, let's make money here. Let's make money here. Make, let's make money here. And that's why the band we didn't play as much because yeah. we had we we have sixty songs that we play at the drop of a dime. That's we right. We can give you a two-hour concert if we wanted to. Yeah, man. So let me ask you this: Do you do you have? So we know Redskins is going away. Do you personally have a name that you're, you know, yes, favorable to? What, what if? I think it should be the Red Wolves. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I felt Phil's hair blow up. I don't mind the Red Wolves either. It's easy for team team identity. It's easy. I'm going to tell you. Why should be Red Wolves? Number one, Red Wolves are native to the Mid-Atlantic region. Okay. Not for over a century. Okay. That that was then. Okay. Neither the Dragons, man, but the cool. (laughs) Exactly. Um, the Redskins, the, um, the Red Bulls are native to this area, and two, um, the Native Americans and the Wolf, the Native Americans and the Wolf, um, kind of intertwine with each other. Um, the Wolf is a big thing in Native American culture, and I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know all about Native American culture because I don't. But um, from what I've seen, that the Wolf is um, part of their culture, and I think it will be a good transition. From going from a Native American to a wolf, it's a lot of you can get a lot out of that. Plus, you still get to keep HTP y'all. You can yeah. stay held to the Redskins, bite for ODC. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of ways you can spend that. Yeah. So I think it should be the Red Wolves, but I think it should be them, the ninja. I think it should be the ninjas. Or the- <laughs> you know what? That's a, 
that's exactly what the kind of thinking that this organization probably do. Like, yeah, the, ninjas are cool. Who don't like ninjas or or like or cobras or snakes or something? There ain't no snakes, are there? Like, yeah, Washington red cobras. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's, I'm just so afraid that they're gonna drop the ball with um with was, the renaming. It's gonna be I mean, the wizards if they, they want to make money <laughs> off the bat. If they want to really make money off the fan base, if you name the team the Red Wolves, I guarantee you, all of those jerseys, hats, gloves, scarves, shoes, everything would fly off the shelf. Doesn't that same guy on the Red Wolves? Like Warriors or the Aardvarks? It's not. It's gonna be a sad day in DC. I'm telling you. Don't the same guy on the Red Wolves though? The name? Uh, well, yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he owns. owns a, he owns a lot of names, and I think that's what's keeping it up. They don't want to break him that yeah. money, but they got to think. Whatever they pay that guy, they're gonna get it back within the first month. I own the rights to the uh, fantasy football team, the Washington Fast Black. <laughs> so if y'all want to use that, you know what I'm saying? It's free. <laughs> I own the rights to it. Yeah, make it happen. Be- yeah, just like Redskins, it's gonna be a lot of people that, that are gonna be at odds with that name. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that name is gonna fly right. Phil, as, an honorary, as an honorary black person, I'm cool with it. <laughs> Phil particularly <laughs> hates the Red Wolves, and we have a couple of people in our Facebook group. I know you're new to the group chop shop, but we have a couple of people in a Facebook group that are for Red Wolves and adamantly against the Red Wolves. So it's just a funny banter inside joke that. Yeah, some people are like it'll never happen. Other people want it to happen. So the Red Wolves name is very sensitive in our Facebook group of sixty two hundred people. It it's funny, but it, it's just a, it's just a funny thing that you know. I I, I don't know if you knew the inside joke, but nah. Um, but, um, I'm gonna tell you, Red Wolves is um one of the, the leading names in the band too. So. Yeah, is it? But we don't have any input, so you know. But yeah, what's your second choice? Wow, so it's real wolves or nothing, then. <laughs> I'm just, maybe, fucking, I'm just, I'm just doing it to mess with maybe Phil, man. Warriors, maybe Warriors. I don't like the Warriors. When you think of Warriors, I, I, I automatically think of basketball every time. I don't even think of like, yeah. I, and I, I think, think that I think that'll be a problem with naming them the Warriors, um, right. because of, you got the um, whatever the hell the Warriors well, are. We're probably the Warlocks since we already got the Wizards over there, right? Do something dumb. Yeah. Let me tell you something. All right, I'm a, I was a bullet. I was a Bullets fan. I'm a Wizards fan, but let me tell you something. The name Wizards just does not inspire me the way Bullets did. Um, and I, if we go with Red Wolves, it's gonna be the same thing. It's just gonna be like a little piece of me. Just what it, did you it, prefer? There's a lot. Of, there's a few names that have flown out there. I personally vouched to go with Freedom just because it's a great concept. It's timely. It means something to everybody. You know, whether you want to go to the founding of the country, you want to go to what people are fighting for and protesting for now, freedom is a universal concept, right? And I think that you can do all kinds of dope concepts with that. Um, I feel like that would involve color changes. I, look, Star yeah, Spangled the shit out of team and, and call us America's team and steal that from Dallas. Now, I don't want no blue on my uniform, no, bro. We owe them. Remember, we had... Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys exist because they stole Hail to the Redskins. Yeah, they purchased it from the guy who wrote it. You would be funny if Dallas hired all the band members and played the song <laughs> Hail to Dallas or some shit. That'd be really right. Rod, Rod's troll level is is up there. I mean, let me tell you, Rod's Rod's doing his <laughs> thing right now in the troll game. Rod, my second car was an '87 Ford Tempo. Damn hey. it. 
but this, right here, this is this is Justin Sawyer again. He's right. If you, it would be perfect if you could keep the HTTR. HTTR. Somehow, gonna, like the, like the only said. R, the only R name that I've seen that I don't say I, it. I like from the concept. Don't say revolution. revolution. Don't Revo- revolution. I liked Ooh. revolution. It's not my number one, but I liked yeah. some of the concepts, and I, I can visualize that. My so only revolution be- is that it's four syllables coming off of a three-syllable city name, and it just doesn't. It ro- it's too much to roll off unless you start nicknaming them the Revs or something like that. Revolutionaries right. will be okay, I think. The Revs are going to turn into the Rebs. Poor tempo. Yeah, yeah hey, that probably won't fly. You better off doing the fast black thing. You name the Rebels. Nobody's going to roll with it. <laughs> Scholars, Rod, Rod's killing it. All right, so our, our, last, our last topic. So as you know, they released the results of the investigation today that Beth, Beth Wilkinson started conducting. Was it last summer? I think is when it started, oh. if, if I'm not mistaken. And it kind of goes back to Justin Sawyer's comment earlier about um, Dan. Two of these for this one. <laughs> Dan Snyder, they made a press release shortly after, and in his press release, they talked about Washington Football Club, whatever. I don't, it could have been an error. It could have been whatever, ironic. But what the point everyone's trying to make is that everyone has an opinion. The, at the bottom line, at the end of the day, Dan Snyder was fined $10 million, which isn't a lot if, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things for all of the things that happened during that investigation. So the sexual harassment, the conduct of the team, the way things were running, the way they, you know, treated women, the, the conduct of the workplace. So it, the funny part was there's, there's no report. There's, there is a report that's not going to be released because of the sensitivity of the nature. Beth Wilkinson just did an oral report to Roger Goodell. I, I know that sounds awful the way I just said that, but she gave Roger Goodell a desk side oral, a desk side verbal briefing. <laughs> a desk side, hey, come on. I'm trying to change. Listen, she gave him a voice. She gave him a, him a spoken report face to face of what happened. And, we saw the outfall of that with all the DC media today. They were pissed off. There was no written report. And I get it. There was written reports for everything. There is a written report, but they said due to the sensitivity of the nature of the investigation, they're not going to release it. You know, me personally, they I think gave should- a lot of people, a lot of people yeah. were given confidentiality agreements. Yeah. And I think that there was so much intertwining that it was a matter of, if they started redacting, they would have had to redact comments because it implies other people who wanted to remain confidential as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, gonna say, go ahead. I think um, <laughs> that report had to be damaging. It had to be very damaging for Daniel Snyder, for them to say, basically, Daniel Snyder couldn't be involved with the day-to-day operation of the team. I didn't um, take it as that they said he couldn't. I t- when I no, read he let a that's press guy. He, he let a press co, The co-owner, right? But vice co co-CEO. I didn't because take they it. Didn't, they'd want to take the team from him. I didn't the take the it. NFL I didn't, didn't make it. that recommendation. Yeah, I didn't take it. Is that they made that, that they recommended that? I took that as he did it on his own because he also says and he he let a presser to, yeah, like he not did. long ago, and it said that uh that she's going to handle the day to day. He's handling the sta- the stadium re- uh, relocation. And then some other stuff. So if he's banished from a team, he shouldn't be able to do that. Well, no, so I, I think I took a- they knew what was going to happen ahead of time. 
and they probably say, yo, this is what you need to do right now. And I think he did that in order to save face. Because I really think that they were going to take the team from him. Because um, from some of the stuff that was alleged with the conduct that what they were doing to cheerleaders, man, in this day and age, that kind of stuff don't fly. Maybe yeah. in 1960, maybe 1970, but in this day and age, basically, yeah, nah, that stuff don't fly. I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to say anything because I really don't know, but from what right. they were talking about earlier in the investigation when it started, it's a lot. It was a lot of um, inappropriate things that shouldn't have been done. I mean, in the marching band, we had one guy, older guy, who would go around um, telling women they look sexy. And one day it got back to band management. They let him go that day. And even though it was the band, it still had to go to Roger Goodell's office about what happened, about that situation, and what the actions they took. And because they acted so fast wow. and they nipped it in the bud. Nothing was done with us. So I can imagine what would happen with the allegations that were going on with the cheerleaders. And that's why they acted the way they acted. And I think they then saved his butt by putting Tanya um, Snyder as the co-CEO of the Redskins. He basically did Operation Black Shield from South Park with his wife. <laughs> Human Shield. <laughs> no. Let me uh, let me let me point this out though. Nothing has ever, other than one incident that no one's been able to corroborate on a plane in 2003. There's been zero smoking guns related to Dan Snyder himself. What this was was a failure of him to properly oversee what those under him were doing. Namely, executives. Really, it was also a failure of the executives to handle issues that were going on on a much greater notice from like that middle management level. So, mm -hmm. yes, culture. This this is something. This is for all those who who never took a business class. Organizational culture is a top down thing. It has to start at the top and it permeates through each level going down. Mm -hmm. leadership, right. leadership you reflects. rarely have strong leadership at the top and a total mess at the bottom. It starts at the top. Dan was very hands-off when it came to, this, came to this stuff. He let the guys they put in place do their thing, figured they'll handle it. There's, these are people I hired. I'll trust them. The first mistake he made, and he's made a mistake multiple times over the years, is he hired people that he trusted that didn't do what, he, what needed to be done. Um... And a lot of that goes, you know, even the Bruce Allen thing. When Bruce came in, remember, Dan pretty much did this. Um, he washed his hands. He was on his yacht. He was not hands-on at all except for he coddled RG3 because that, that was his pick. Um, other than that, Dan really was not involved. Bruce ran everything. And he trusted Bruce to his detriment. But – Bruce was making – the team was making money. And early on, there was some success. I mean, we did win the division in 2012. We won it again in 2015. So there was some on-the-field success. So I think that Dan went, well, we're, we're getting better. We're doing better. Okay, I'll let Bruce – I'll give Bruce more, more authority, more power, more control, and I'll just step back. And I think that that's Dan's downfall is that he was trusting people way too much. There isn't a lot of 
connection between what was going on and Dan himself, other than the fact that Dan expects everyone to call him Mr. Snyder and everything else, uh, which is why I liberally call him Dan on this podcast all the time, because I think that's a bit ridiculous. Um, sure. but, I make a billion dollars, you're going to count, and I'm your boss, you're going to call me Sir, uh, Mr. Two, you tripping. Yeah. <laughs> you like, be like Dr. Strange in there, man. Dr. Strange, you know what I'm saying? All I wanted him to do was take responsibility, and, and until he published this statement, he, he didn't. But this is the first time he's actually claimed responsibility, which I appreciate. I'm going to read it real quick. I've learned a lot in the past few months about how my club operated, the kind of workplace that we had. It's now clear that the culture was not what it should be, but I did not realize the extent of the problems or in or my role in allowing the culture to develop and continue. I know that as the owner, I am ultimately responsible for the workplace. I have said that, and I say it again. That was my big thing is just claim responsibility. Don't pass the buck. You're a leader. That's what leaders do. You're in charge of the organization. Whether you know it or not, you're responsible for everything that does or does not happen. So when he published this statement, I was I was a little, you know, I was happy that he said that. Um, but at the end of the day, he, he still got, you know, he, he $10 million fine. I get it. As a there fan, wasn't enough. Thankful. There wasn't enough to force him yeah. out. No, let's, I don't. Think, I don't think forcing him out was ever a question. Well, I, tell that. Tell that to the media people. Tell that to to some of these other bloggers and pod people and the the the, the Twitter sphere people who are screaming. I thought. That, first of all, I and I put this out on Twitter and I'm putting this out here. I want an apology from Chris Russell right now. Because when I told him directly that I doubted the, the veracity of that co- that uh, supposed leak that the junkies had that said that Beth Wilkinson's recommendation was that they were going to boot Snyder out and that didn't happen. And I said, I don't trust this because I don't think the junkies would get a leak like this. He called me an idiot. He asked me if I was stupid or just intentionally being an idiot. I argued back and forth with him. So I put it up on Twitter, and he has not responded to me, but I know he's seen it because he's been active. I want an apology because <laughs> I was right. Here's here's a comment for you um, from uh, Jason Donaway in the chat. Thank you. For, thank you for joining the live stream. For the R, he said, red tails for red, red tail hawks, keep the colors, all the R memorabilia, all the feather memorabilia, and the red tail hawk screech is pretty cool. So that's a good suggestion, too. It's It keeps the HTTR. When you do HTTTR, you're 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 limited in what you can do. Red wolves, red tails, red tail hawks, renegades. I don't know what else is left after that. Revolution. Revolution. Sounds like a MLS soccer team, but I don't mind it, it at is. all. It is <laughs> New England. <laughs> See, that, that's what I'm saying. So, right. Um, all right. Well. We're, we're coming up upon an hour, and uh, let's go ahead and shut this thing down. I personally want to thank um, uh, Chop Chop for, for, for joining us and taking the time out of his day to sit down and talk about the team, talk about what's going on. Uh, we, we truly appreciate it. We, we thank you, and um, – you know, it, thank you for thank you for all those all those all the band playing every one of those games I went to from you know my first one in January '92 up until the last one I went to in 2017. Thank you. I <laughs> always loved the, the band experience there. I always thought it gave us a unique flavor. I right. loved it. 
Right. Yeah. And so at, at the last part of our, our, of our, we just go around the horn. Let's give our shout outs. So I'll start with, I'll start with our guests. Chop, chop. Do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody? Doesn't matter. Band, team, whatever. Who are you shouting out tonight, bro? Shout out to my crew, the locker room crew. Shout out to Miss Missy. Um, shout out to my cousin Ed, and shout out to the entire Washington Redskins marching band organization. Mr. Summers, Mr. Cardenas, Mr. Green. They make that thing work. Um, thank you. All right, Dev, who you got? Oh, um, shout out to the band, man. That's, that's yeah. bring the band back, man. That's crazy. Let's like I, it. I can't. It's it's gonna be hard to believe uh, a loud crowd there without the band. Um, hell, if you're, uh, can you bring stuff in the stadium? Everybody bring your horns and shit. You know, uh, be your own band until they get them back. I don't know what to tell you, man. It's it's crazy. But uh, yeah. shout out to the band. <laughs> what what whatever. <laughs> What? All right, Steve sees what I missed it. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Shout out to fake Chris Russell. Um nah, okay. okay. Shout out shout, shout out to the band. Um when I get an opportunity to Meet with uh, with with Joey and meet with the other people in guest relations and so forth. I am going to fight to bring the band back. It needs to happen. Um, shout out to the band back. shout out to the real Chris Russell. You owe me an apology. Um, <laughs> is, is this the real Chris shout Russell? Out, shout out. It's not the real Chris Russell. If it if it is, you know, it's on it's on the YouTube live stream. I don't know. It's not Facebook. It's it could not be Chris. If, man. if it's the real Chris Russell, then you know, might be his, might be his cousin Antoine. He's just admitting that he's not going to apologize because he's not big enough to do it. Um, <laughs> and by the way, my head is more dome shaped than block shaped. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, shout out to Rod. Um, shout out to everyone who joined the live stream tonight. I know we didn't get much notice. Jason Donaway, Justin Sawyer, um, Greg Delaney. Appreciate you coming out. Shout out to Chop Chop, my boy Scooter. We are uh, we're bros in the DC motorcycle community. I do want to give a shout out to him because this man is always doing things for the community. Whether I mean specifically in the charity realm. Uh, whatever has to do, he's always trying to give back to the community. So shout out, shout out to him. I really do appreciate what he does. He organizes kickball tournaments, fed the homeless. We fed the homeless together. I want to say 2019 before COVID and Thanksgiving. Um, he's always doing work in the DC community. He's a great asset, retired band member. You heard it here first. Uh, we're so thankful that you, you, you joined us tonight and, and, and thank you for your time. And, and for those who, you know, who get this, I know that we didn't get many people live, but you're going to hit us on the back end. Make the argument, whoever, if you know your fan ambassador, reach out. Let's, let's talk about, let's bring this to the table. Let's get the band back into the conversation. And it, it's been with the team since 1937. So let's just not brush that aside. That's a huge deal. Let's get these guys back into the game some way, shape, or form. Yes. Let's figure it out. That's all I'm saying. Doesn't matter how. Let's let's figure it out. Let's get them involved. And with that closing comment, 
uh, Chrome Dome. I guess that's Phil's new I name. I wish Chrome that Dome. was. I know it's not, but I wish it was Chris Russell because I love to throw hands. Hey, it's there. popping up in the comments. I'm just posting it. You're Chrome Dome now, so I guess human computer. I'm Chrome Dome. Dome. <laughs> all right, well, hey chop chop thanks for joining us bro we appreciate it we'll, this will be posted yeah. on all your major uh podcast uh platforms and now and now uh on youtube as well so uh thanks for joining us we'll catch you guys on the next one peace peace, peace. hey chop chop thanks for coming in man ah, I got